Welcome to the Bermagui Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you'll find the recording of messages from our weekly gatherings. We pray you'll be challenged and encouraged by today's message. To start off, what I want you to do is, I'm just going to get your, your mind in, into the, the right place. So, I'm sure we can all uh, relate to the feeling that we get <clears throat> After you've had a, you know, a hard day's work, you know, whether you've been out in the garden or you've, you've been exercising or you know, just, just work in general, you know, you've, you've worked hard, you're tired, you've built up some good sweat, you've got dusty and dirty, even a bit smelly and sore. <clears throat> but then you jump in the shower and you have a hot long soak and the hot water soothes your sore muscles, the soap and water wash away the sweat and grime, the products you use might make your skin feel great and smell good and you come out feeling completely different to what you did when you went in. Can we all relate to that? I'm sure we've all had those moments, yeah? I know for me, you know, the time when that really feels good is, where's my water bottle? After camping. You know, camping, you know, and you've just, just been living, living rough and living, living a bit dirty for a couple of days. And you get home and you have that first good hot soak. And it, just looks, it just feels like, you know, the grime of a week is washed away in one go. You know, some, some of you might be able to relate to the idea of, you know, going to a, you know, getting a day massage, a, a, like a, a good massage done or a, um, a day spa sort of where you get all your treatments and bits and pieces. You know, it just makes you feel fresh, makes you feel renewed. You know, keep that memory as we speak today because, you know, as, a, as I sort of started to introduce last week in the newsletter, I put in our focus for 2022, which is, you know, summed up in the word renewal. I really believe that, you know, we're coming into a time and, you know, and, and not that it's anything brand new or special. Right? This is something I think God wants to do with us all the time. But I feel that, you know, after everything we've been through over these last two years, you know, to, to focus and really draw and lean into God to be renewed, to, 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 to have that renewal of body and spirit and mind. So if you haven't seen that, please make sure you do grab a newsletter and have a read. <clears throat> but last week I shared, you know, Using this idea of, you know, like Jesus, what, what does it mean to be like Jesus? And I shared about, you know, what it looks like and, and what, what it looked like in the life of Jesus to be renewed. What did Jesus do to renew himself? You know, the fact that he spent time in the presence of the Father. He took time out just to say, not God, it's just me and you. The fact that in his leadership and in his ministry, he, he delegated. He actually used the strength of, of the people around him. He equipped his disciples and said, yeah, you go out and do the ministry as well. He realized the power of community, realized the power of the body of Christ in that sense, his church. You know, he, he used very physical and practical things like resting in the storm to show us, that, you know, despite the circumstances around us, we can rest when we rest in God. And the fact is, you know, we can thank Jesus for the gift of the Holy Spirit you know, Jesus said, no, I need to go so you can receive this amazing gift, this gift of the Holy Spirit that will be indwelling. He will be in you, with you 24-7, with the task of renewing, with the task of leading and guiding and, and comforting and just counselling and just bringing so much of God's nature direct into our souls and into our spirits. You know, Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 describes it this way. It says, Now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, 
the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. So what I want to do today is just focus on one of those dot points that I put in that newsletter. And it was a dot point of sort of saying, yeah, I want to see renewal of prayer and worship. So the obvious question is, okay, what does that look like? What do you mean, Chris, when you're sort of saying, yep, let's renew our prayer and worship? What is our role? What is God's role? And what does it look like for Birmingham Baptist Church? What does it mean to renew and have renewal of prayer and worship? You know, and last week I gave you know, two descriptions of, of what renewal can mean. And yeah, there was the dictionary description, which is just the generics of sin. Yeah, it's just getting something and renewing it, you know, starting up something again. But there's also the the definition of of what spiritual renewal is, which is the state or process of being made spiritually new in the Holy Spirit. This process of sanctification, this process of, of being made like Christ. So today, in a sense, you know, I titled my message, you know, spiritual renewal, because it's to, to, to have renewal of prayer and worship is really about our, our spiritual renewal, us becoming more like Christ, us being near, drawing near, near to God and drawing near to Christ. Yeah, <clears throat> spiritual renewal, it's not really a, a singular thing that Scripture describes. It's just evident in, throughout Scripture of, you know, no, God wants us to be near Him. God wants us to be like Him. And there's just verse upon verse that sort of relates to that. But one that I think just really highlights it well is actually the, the, the cry, I guess you'd say, of, of, of David in Psalm 51. So if anyone taking notes or want to have a look at it down the road, Psalm 51 is just a beautiful cry of, of petition that David makes to God. And verses 7 to 12 says this. <clears throat> it says, Purify me from my sins and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. You know, there David's just calling out. So I was like, God, no, just work in me, mold me, shape me. You know, many of our songs are about this, this desire to be renewed and be formed by God. So what I want to do is just spend a little bit of time. I, I feel this is actually going to be a fairly short little message, but, you know, just, you know, what does it mean to, to, re, to renew our prayer? What does it mean to renew our worship? And what I want to do is sort of look at it, <clears throat> In two facets, you know, I want to sort of look at, you know, okay, personally, how do we do that? How do we, how do we have a renewal in our prayer life? How do we revive it and, and, and give it fresh life? But also, how do, we, how do we do that as a church? What are we going to do as a church to bring renewal of prayer and worship? So first one, looking at prayer. Now, obviously, there's heaps that can be said about prayer, you know. I could, I could, I could do a series on, on what prayer is and the different types of prayer and all that sort of thing. There's, 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 a, there's heaps we could go into with this. But the most basic way of looking at it is that it's communication with God. 
It's interaction with God. We need to always remember that praying is not just a one-way thing. It's not just us saying some words. You know, the actual praying of, of words is one part of the process. We also need to listen. We've got to understand that prayer is actually dialogue. Prayer is actually talking with God. And so part of that process on our behalf is not only to pray and talk to God, but also listen. Open our spirits up and be aware that His Spirit is wanting to speak to us, wanting to lead and guide us. And so for me, you know, personal renewal, personal renewal through prayer and renewing our prayer life is it's just like any relationship really. It takes time, it takes int- intentional decisions and intentional conversation. You know, some, some people like, and you know, depending on backgrounds and things like that, you know, your, your religious experience of prayer is, is by the book. You open up a prayer book and you, you say your little prayer. Or maybe just in your prayers, you recite the same thing each day. You sort of say, yep, yeah. Like there's that, there's that old prayer that you know, people used to teach their kids, you know, I pray the Lord, my soul to keep, that sort of thing. And those sorts of things are good because it helps give, give form and shape to our prayers. You know, I'm not, not against prayer books and things like that, and using, using written down prayers and, and reciting things in that sense. But if that's all you do, what sort of relationship is that? Because picture this, in your marriage, in your relationships, imagine every time you wanted to speak to your partner or to your you know, best friend, you opened up a book and recited the same line. You know, sure, there might be some great little things you could say in those books, but is there depth to that relationship? Is there life and vitality and, and things in that prayer? The fact is, you know, if you, if you did that to the person you love and adore, your communication, your, your interaction is going to be pretty dry and regimented, isn't it? So I guess my one tip, you know, in the sense of re- renewing prayers, you know, let it be organic. I know that term gets used, you know, it's a bit, bit almost cliche now, you know, everything has to be organic. But when I mean when, when I'm saying let your prayer life be organic, it's like let it let it be a living thing. Let it be just the way that we interact with, with each other, you know. That close relationship of marriage really does depict it so well because you, you grow closer, it, it, it evolves, it changes. Yeah, over time and over over the effort put in, it grows, it changes, and that's just, just the, the organic nature of life, isn't it? So just start to talk to God. Don't worry about what you're saying or how you're saying it. There's not this, this is the way you have to say your prayers. You know, even when Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, he said, you know, pray like this. He didn't say pray these exact words necessarily all the time. He said, use this as a guide. Understand that when we talk to God, we can petition him, but we also thank him. Ask him to help us to forgive as he forgives us. Things like that. I'll come and see with Sarah. A good way of, I guess, coaching yourself to do this is go to the Psalms, for example. When you read over the Psalms, a lot of those are, are prayerful, aren't they? They're, they're, they're petitions from, from David and the other psalmists. So saying, oh God, we, we ask for this, or we need this, or you know, this is happening. Actually, actually pay attention to how those Psalms are written. They're not you know, dry theological statements. They're heartfelt cries. 
It's David just pouring his heart out, you know, at, at his absolute lowest points at times. You know, the fact is there's psalms there that are describing, you know, suicidal tendencies, basically. He's just sort of saying, I've had enough. I want this life to end. You, know, you can't get much more raw. You can't get, get much more real than that. And we can do that in our own prayer life. At our absolute lowest point, we can call out to God. And the reverse, when we're just having that amazing moment, you know, we're just celebrating you know, the life of your family or the life of others around you or things like that. Take it to God and give Him thanks. Give Him praise. Let it be organic. Just go, wow, God, this is incredible. David poured out his frustrations, his anger, his disappointments, his excitement, his anticipation, and that list could just go on. So like a good relationship, be open to change things up. You know, they talk about, you know, in our marriages and long-term relationships, you know, to to change things up a bit, to, to, to freshen it up, make it different. So, yeah, maybe change where and when you, you spend your time in prayer. If you've always just done your, you know, your, your hour in the morning or your half hour or 10 minutes or whatever it is, maybe go, well, okay, maybe I'll just break that up. And, you know, I've, I've, I've had friends who have set a timer on their phones and things like that where every hour they get a little, a little bell. Just to remind them, hey, just give God some thanks. Spend some time in prayer just for a moment. Just start prayer throughout their day. Try, try different things. Try different setups I guess in that sense of, of when you pray and how you pray maybe go for a prayer walk instead of just staying inside so go out get amongst nature and just just talk to God as you go <clears throat> sit out in your garden and just be amazed at the creation around you yeah maybe you are a person that's always just done you know your own personal prayers maybe for you grabbing a prayer book would actually be a, a really good change because it would actually just give you a different vocabulary and different idea of, you know, well, yeah, maybe I can pray about this or maybe I can pray this way. And, you know, having that, that guide of, a, of an ordered prayer will actually bring a new vibrancy to your prayer life. So that's what I'm saying, you know, like I'm not against those things. Those things can be very useful. They can be beautiful, you know, if you're going through something specific, you know, dealing with whatever issue, you know. Have a look at what prayers might actually sort of just really help line that up and just align your language to what's really going on in your world. Maybe writing lists, you know, Prudence, Prince has a prayer board where she just puts down people's needs and things that are coming up. You know, she really got challenged. I don't know about you. Who's seen War Room? There's a Christian movie out there called War Room. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you. You know, we, we've got it. We, we're happy to lend it out. It's, it's, it's just a movie. It's a story. But it follows these people in the journey of developing their, their prayer life, basically. And part of that journey is this lady coaches this, this older lady coaches this younger lady. So it says, no, get specific and start to write lists, start to write down. And when those prayers are answered, you tick them off. And you start to see the hand of God working in your life. <clears throat> so maybe writing lists, maybe having a prayer journal. When you do sit down to pray, when you do spend time with God, Get a, get a blank book of some sort and just start to write. Journal about it. Just let God start to speak to you as you write. Yeah, 1 Timothy chapter 2 says, this is verses 1 to 3, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and for all who are in authority 
so that we can live peacefully and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Saviour. You know, pray for one another. There's power in that. So how about church? How do we renew you know, prayer in our church and as a church? First thing I want to state is that this, this is a praying church. And I love that. You know, this, this is, a week doesn't go past that I, I hear people sort of saying, oh, you know, I've been praying for this or I've had this person to pray for. I'm just going, that's, that's awesome. I love that. I love the fact that we take time to pause and pray as, as a church in our, in our, in our meetings. There's, a, there's, there's such a grounding in being able to pray together corporately. And to even have that rhetoric of, of, of praying the Lord's Prayer, it just gives a focus to, to who we are and what we're here for. But what else can we do? How can we renew our prayer as a church? I guess to sort of speak out, I guess, what I, what, what I want to see and what, what I do see and I want to continue to see in our church is that I want prayer to become second nature in our church. I want prayer to, to not just be something that, that the leaders do and not just something that happens from up the front, but everyone does. And not just in their personal life, but in our corporate life. That when we gather, when we do come together, that as we're sharing and talking about our week, as things come up or we say, oh, yeah, I've been struggling with this, that the response from the other person is like, oh, how about we pray about that? And just in that moment, you know, it could be at the start of a service, the end of a service, during the service, I don't care. But we're a church that just prays. We don't have to wait for that, oh, we've got to wait for the time of prayer to pray for this. Just, just pray. Let's just be a prayerful church that's just always got that at the, at, on the tip of our tongues to pray for one another, lift up one another. I want to see an openness in our church where we can feel that there's that opportunity and that openness to ask for prayer. That when things are going in our world that we can actually, as Scripture says, to call on the elders. To actually say, hey, I need some help with this. Can you pray for me? And as a church, we can lay hands on and we can, we can pray over people. Now, James 5 James, James is an incredible book. If you haven't actually sat down and read all of James, it's such a practical, direct, he, he, he doesn't pull his punches. It's a great just instruction book on, on what practical Christian living looks like. This is what comes out of chapter 5 in, in the book of James, verses 13 to 16. He says, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with the oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You know, the laying of hands, you know, depending on your church backgrounds and things like that, you might go on, that's a bit different, a bit weird, but the fact is it's scriptural. You know? There is just something about physically connecting with one another. And I know <laughs> the COVID era, we've been sort of told not to do that, but the fact is I'll gladly overstep that. If, if people come and ask for prayer, I want to lay hands on. And it's not that there's anything special about me touching you. It's not that my power has to go through my arm into your body or anything like that. But there's something about connecting person to person to sort of say, hey, I'm standing with you, I'm believing with you in faith. And you know, 
there are multiple examples of Jesus himself touching, isn't there? You know? He called the children to him and he laid his hands on them and blessed them. You know? The blind man came and he touched him and saw healing. Time and time again, Jesus touched. He was a hands-on saviour, wasn't he? And that example is carried over into the, the disciples in the early church. You know, Acts 13, verses 2 to 3 says, <clears throat> And one day as his men were worshipping the, the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Anoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work that I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. You know, there was a commissioning of Paul and Barnabas. Eh? They, were, they were praying, so they were listening. They weren't just necessarily speaking. And they heard God say, anoint Barnabas and Paul for the ministry I'm calling them to. And what did they do? They continued to pray. They laid on hands. So I want to be a church that you know, is open to that and willing to do that. You know? As best as I can, I'll try to remember at the end of a service to offer that. But be willing to ask, be willing to be a church that says, hey, you know, I'm struggling, can we call the elders? Yeah, yeah, I'll grab Lynn, I'll grab, you know. And it's not even just the elders that we've um, appointed officially in the sense of the, the business life of the church. But there are people in this church like Barry that, you know, I, I, I believe is an elder of the church, whether it's something that we've officially recognised in this church anyway. But he's someone that speaks life into this church and if I want someone to come and pray with me, I'll, I'll, I'll grab someone like Barry, I'll grab someone like Sarah. People that I know that pray. People that I know that will do that. You know, Lynn. Yeah? I love the ministry that Lynn brings to this church, not only through KYB, but just through her life and just her demonstration of desire for the scriptures and desire for the presence of God. Yeah? In my mind, eldership's not just something that we recognize as an official thing, it's a gifting that. As we see it, we need to recognize it as the body of Christ. So next one, worship. Renewal of prayer, renewal of worship. Now, prayer and worship really do go hand in hand. You know, because you know, worship is just, it is, it's us expressing ourselves and giving honor and glory to God. And the fact is we can do that in spoken word, but when we sing it, there's just something else that just goes on. There's, there's something about music. And the fact is, you know, there's been some very interesting studies. You know, you jump on the internet and sort of look at studies of music and its effect. And, you know, music just does some amazing things. You know, they talk about, you know, playing music to your plants. And they have proven that it, for whatever reason, it, it helps them grow. It sounds ridiculous, but there is just something going on. Our, our world is, you know, created by the God of, of all things, correct? So it's all, in, all interconnected. He's the creator of music. He's the creator of the plants. And so there's obviously going to be connections there that happen. But there's things that, you know, music, music interacts with our bodies in different ways. It can change our, our brain chemistry. You know, you're, you're feeling down and flat. You put on an upbeat song, all of a sudden, you start to bop. And, you know. <laughs> it changes you. If the rhythm's good. If the rhythm's good. <laughs> And the fact is, you know, Scripture demonstrates. You know, when David's explaining, describing his worship, he speaks about music. He speaks about using songs and worship and musical instruments to worship God. So how do we renew our personal worship? 
the main step really, and this is this is probably the biggest hurdle that people have, is just actually getting over that awkwardness and that unusual feeling if you're not overly musical of having personal worship. And it can be as simple as just putting on that favorite song of yours, you know, grabbing that favorite hymn or that favorite chorus or whatever it is. It could be just that latest song from a Christian artist you like. But it can be as simple as just chucking that on, whether it's in your earphones or just in your stereo at home or whatever, and just focusing and just paying attention to the presence of God and just giving Him glory and honor in that moment. So you may not even necessarily even sing along word for word with the song. Because it's not just about the words we say, it is just about that focus and that direction of, of energy, I guess, and, and effort to giving honor and glory to God. You know, we, we do worship time with the kids. You know, we, we try to do it at least once a week. Um, it's something that we're working on as well and wanting to instill in our kids' lives. And there's moments where we just chuck a song on, we're not necessarily necessarily singing along with it, but we're saying, kids, let's just let's just sit in the presence of God and let's just and they start to ask us things, and we just have amazing conversations with them sometimes. But it's in that atmosphere of worship that it happens. So as I said, you know, you, you may not feel like you're overly musical, you know? So don't put that pressure on yourself of having to be able to sing along perfectly and all that sort of thing. But use music, use worship resources to just frame that, 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 that time. Colossians 3 describes it this way. Colossians 3 verses 16 to 17. It says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. That's step one. You know, just, just start to reflect on the gospel. Start to reflect on what Jesus has done for you and just go, wow, isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing? Let that be the frame of mind you start to step out in. Let, that, let the message of Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Now, this is talking about corporate worship as well. Sing praises and hymns and spiritual sing- songs to God with thankful hearts. Yeah? You got that golden oldie hymn that you just love and you just can't take yourself away from? Sure, play it. Spend some time in worship with it. But also be willing to grab new songs and, and other songs and just go, well, you know, God, just speak to me through these things. But I love, you know, with thankful hearts. When we come into worship with just that gratitude, it just it gears you to really just be aware and be, I don't know, enveloped by the presence of God. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through to God the Father. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we sang a song by Matt Redman called, you know, um, Heart of Worship. And one of the main lines of the song is, yeah, like, I'll, I'll bring you more than a song. Because the song in itself, you know, is just a song. Our worship needs to be more than just the songs. It needs to be more than just those words. It is just that attitude. It's that, that focus. It's that, it's that setting our minds on glorifying God. You know, scripture says, talks about singing a new song. You know, and starting to talk about, you know, well, okay, that's how we renew worship in our own personal lives, but how, how do we do it as a church? And the fact is, that's why, you know, I like to see new songs introduced. And there's got to be a balance there, because if you're always just introducing a new song, then you sort of get lost and you sort of, you can't 
I guess, get into that place of worship because you're not familiar with the songs all the time. So having a mix there is really, really good. Having songs that we're really familiar with and introducing a new song every now and again. Because the reason why is that for me, a new song is just, it's just another way of expressing our heart to God. And the fact is, there is nothing new under the sun. You know, there, you, you hear a new worship song somewhere, I'm sure you'll find some older song that is very similar in context and, and, and theme and things like that. But when we grab a new song, it's someone else's just going, oh, you know, this is how I express myself before God. And to grab that and to use that as a, as a fresh way of, of worshipping God, it keeps our worship fresh. It keeps our worship from being just a regimented, yep, we just sing our... Now, three songs and the same three songs and that's it. Because again, just like our marriage relationship, imagine, imagine doing that. Imagine just repeating the same thing every day to your partner. You might be saying some really nice things, but if that's all you did, it'd get pretty dry, wouldn't it? It's the same to God. I think God thoroughly enjoys hearing new songs. I love the fact that my little daughter, China over there, she walks around the house and she, she starts to sing. And she's just making new songs to God. That's beautiful. Yeah, Psalm 33, 1-4 says, Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise Him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for Him on the, ten, <coughs> on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. Yeah, that's why songs like you know, 10,000 Reasons just resonates with us. Because you know, there's just endless amounts of the things we could say about God. There's just endless amounts of different ways we could express ourselves before God. That's why songs like Indescribable are just... You know, describing exactly what our worship feels like. Because there's no amount of words that truly cover everything that our God has done for us. So we will be a church that, you know, introduces new songs and brings in new songs and, and tries different things with our worship. You know, sometimes, sometimes they work with you, sometimes they won't. And that's, that's the nature of different people from different walks and different backgrounds and all that sort of thing. But I love the fact that we're a church that, that does worship. I love the fact that we're a church that you know, is wanting to see worship, I guess, grow and expand in, in our church. I'm looking forward to the, the, this year. You know, I've been talking with Susan about bringing their musicians together and starting to do sort of combined music practices and things like that. Not now. And I envisage those times, not just being times of practicing and bringing in new songs so we can sort of hear different things, but just times of worship. And the fact is, if that's something that interests you, whether you feel you're musical or not, but if you want to be a part of those times where you just come, like if we're going to be here having a practice and you just want to come and sit and just be in the presence of God and just worship with us, come along. Let's be a church that prays. Let's be a church that worships. And it's not, not dictated or regimented to our, our hour of service each week. Let it be organic. Let it just be part of who we are. 
So what I want to do, I'm just going to pray. Yeah. And we do have one more song to finish up. But what I want to do is offer prayer. If there is anyone that, that wants prayer, if there is something you know, specifically stirring up or anything like that, let us pray for you and let us call the elders up to pray with you. So let me pray and then we'll, we'll sing this song and we'll finish up the service that way. Lord God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for, for all that you're doing in us and through us. And I do pray, Lord God, that you, you do stir us, Lord God. You stir us with a passion to just to, to get into your presence, to, to spend time dialoguing with you, praying and listening to your spirit. Give us a desire, Lord God, to just open ourselves up in worship and, and in honour and glory, Lord God. And we ask, Lord God, that you do, Lord God, just show us, Lord God, more of you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.